Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. I'm Ryan Houlihan. And I'm Zachary Patton Garcia, and we're all very excited. And before we get into what we're here to discuss, I wanted to promo our upcoming Halloween live show at Stonewall at the Stonewall Inn in New York on October 29th. The doors open at 2 p.m. And uh, Ryan, do you have uh, any updates on what we'll be doing? Oh, my God, guys, guys, <laughs> guys. Okay, I'm like literally so excited about this. We are doing, set to the music of Olivia Rodrigo, get on board, bitch. <laughs> we are doing the episode Fear Itself. I will also be appearing as Anya and Anyanka <laughs> in full drag for my role. Uh, so get 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 excited about that. Uh, but we'll also be doing a choose your own adventure aspect to this the episode. So even if you've seen it a million times, there will be new and exciting surprises as well as prizes because yes. we'll also be doing trivia and a yes. raffle. And yes, and we will have. Uh, me, Ryan, Ivy LaBelle, Gabe Gonzalez, Nick Gitau, and Joe Carollo will be our hot initiative soldier. Oh. And uh, Olivia Kaufman, one of my favorites, will also be a hot slayer walking around with the crowd. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. And Ryan and I will get progressively drunker on stage as we oh, do yeah. with every one of them. <laughs> totally. You're going to hear me say some really outrageous things about Anya <laughs> at some point during this. But get pumped because I am so pumped. Uh, the the kind of things we have planned truly must be experienced yes. by Buffy fans. <laughs> Run, don't walk. It's going to be so much fun. Halloween weekend, bitch. And you get your tickets at Eventbrite. Um, just look up SlayerFest98 Eventbrite. We've done all our tickets through that. Um, and... Real quick, before we get into the episode, I wanted to promo our Patreon. I really have appreciated all the support everyone's been giving us over there. Uh, we are covering almost all of Buffy Season 3 over there. Um, shorter, edited-down episodes are going on the podcast feed a week after the anniversary. Um, we also have watch-alongs. We just did a Halloween one. We have... We're covering Batman the Animated Series, X-Men the Animated Series. Those episodes have kind of got pushed back a little bit for Buffy Season 3. Um, but you can find us on Patreon, and any and all support is much appreciated. And we have a lot of fun where everyone makes fun of me in our Discord for saying the same <laughs> things over and over again. <laughs> but today, we are here because this is very exciting. Zach oh even mentioned this before recording. This is like the first time ever that we are discussing New Buffy content with the actors Brand from the show. new <laughs> content. You can't tell me that this is, is this technically unofficial? Because no, this shit no. is official. Is, yeah. it, is it official? Yeah. They yeah. got to like me, license to do it and everything? Well, until Disney, the corporation, comes out and tells me otherwise, I'm taking this as a canon story. Oh, yeah. man. And I hope it leads to bigger, bigger things as well. Yes. This is... This this is what your entire podcast has been leading to, Ian. Yes. I, are you kidding? I, so we're here to talk about the new Audible drama, Slayers. Uh, that is nine episodes. We'll be covering each episode, episode by episode. It stars James Marsers, Charisma Carpenter, Emma Caulfield, Amber Benson, Juliet Landau, James C. Leary, um, and a ton of other. There's going to be surprises, apparently. We haven't gotten there yet. Um, it is It is so nice to hear them back. I, Ryan, I, what's your, in general, how did you feel about when the news was announced and listening to the first episode? I 
saw the announcement and I was tentatively excited, but I let my expectations go to like bad video game level because yeah. I didn't know how many people were involved and for how long they were involved. It, it, from what we saw, they could have each done one cameo scene right. and been like, we're in it, but it's really about establishing some other universe that they want to sell us, which is fine too. Like, right. We love that, but I didn't know how much this would be like a Buffy spinoff show being back. And then when they put out the clips of them really talking about the story and how involved the cast was, I like shivers. And then when I found out we could listen to it a couple (laughs) days early, I... Ian, I screamed. I dropped my phone. You were texting me. I truly could. I had no word. I have goosebumps. Listening to it the first time, I mean... I don't. I didn't even remember anything from it. <laughs> the adrenaline pumping through me. I had to start it over. It's it's such a delight. It's a dream come true. It is so satisfying having waited this long. And honestly, I am so happy to see my group of friends back together and to see all these these amazing actors get to really spread their wings. That really is how it feels. It's like, oh, the band's back together. Um, so I will say the two of you, I feel like have never both texted me so excitedly immediately after getting an email from me. <laughs> Listen, again, this is how I felt logging on to MySpace in 2007 and seeing the first Buffy like comic for season eight <laughs> pop up, like the promo image for it. It's like furthering Buffy content, right? Yeah. Like furthering that world and that lore. Um, I It was an intense feeling when it was announced. Then you dropping those episodes into my into my email inbox. It just, I, I'm very, very grateful to be here. <laughs> and oh, I, I am. And it's just, the experience is, it's, I'm still processing it. So it's so strange we're recording this so early yeah. because I feel like I haven't even processed everything yet. Um, it it was wild hearing everybody back. Um, like you, Ryan, I was trying to sort of like keep my expectations down. I remember reading the article when it first came out and seeing that it was talking about like an alternate universe, right? And I, I, I have not been as into all of the Buffy the content that like, you know, the books that have come out and like kudos to everybody who's tried to add to this world, right? Like it's, it's gotta be very difficult to do so, yeah. but I just haven't been into it. It hasn't hit me. It hasn't hooked me. Some of them have been like, Oh, like I, I just, I haven't been as happy with them mm-hmm. hearing about this and hearing about the alternate universe and Cordelia being like a slayer. And I was like, I just don't know. Like, are we feeding more into these books that are coming out. Like I just want a continuing story. And then I saw that. Yes, it takes place after season seven. I guess it takes place after season five. We haven't really heard that yet. Um, And it just, the entire experience feels like it it came together just perfectly. Doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it really does. It really does. I think I, I would love to know like the pitch for this, right? Like I'm really curious what like were the DMs yeah, that right? started this entire you know, thing? I have to think, well, two things. One, similarly with when the Spice Girls got back together, first <laughs> off, spent like three grand on that. And I was <laughs> just as excited about this. So they could have charged a lot more than they got out of me. <laughs> but fine. Uh, but second, I think the impetus isn't just like money. I think like what is happening is that these actors are doing these fan things together. They're all friends. Yeah. And they know that the, for some reason this property is not being like exploited, which is great and like a right. really wonderful, unique thing um, that we haven't had like a cash grab really bad in a long, long, long time. Yeah. And I think that probably they were kicking around ideas of like 
could we do something? Like, why is there no further spinoff? Like, Netflix will fund, Disney will fund, Paramount will fund any old garbage. Yeah. <laughs> seen on the, like, real garbage. <laughs> why can't you fund something that people would love? And, like, and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of complicated behind the scenes reasons, but I'm sure that they've been trying for a few years, at least since the. I would think like since COVID when everybody was kind of like lying low and not working, I think they probably have been kicking this around and developing it. And that's, you know, Amber being involved to the degree that she was is like, it must have come from like a real, like, I don't think that comes from the studio being like, let's find one of the actresses from the show and see if she's also a writer. That comes from someone who's been sitting with it for a long time and feels like they really have a story to tell. And like, I think that that's why we got Emma Emma back. Like, I don't think she would have just come back for whatever. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, no, the I appreciation agree. feels there. It feels like these actors have been sitting with these roles that really, for most of them, defined their careers, you know, mm-hmm. and that they're all – it feels like they're appreciative of it, right? And that's not saying that the people who won't appear right. are not appreciative, but – like, y'all got to get in the game. They've put this together. Where are you, Sarah? Where are you, Allison? <laughs> I, have, I have to say, truly, anyone who missed out on this, I, like, if you like it, I love it. Like, you don't want to do it? Fine. <laughs> We're having a good old time. You're going to want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like that it's it's – listen, from what we've seen, we can get into it. It's really good. It's really high quality. It's part of this universe. I can't imagine – anyone who really enjoyed working on the show or would ever want to revisit it could not want to be part of it, especially after seeing in it the end oh, of the Oh, yes, yes. Can really I say quality. what my biggest hope from this will be? And I've been yes. texting Ian nonstop <laughs> about this for like since it was announced. I want an animated show so fucking bad. Yes. And I want it to be set after season seven. I want it to be canonical yes. with the shows that we watched i don't want any sort of like altering or anything like that continue that show however many years you need to do it in the future 20 years 15 10 i don't yeah. i really don't care an animated series just like harley quinn for like like an adult animated series get yeah. the voice actors back it's easy for them to do just do it and that is like sarah you don't have to flip around just <laughs> show up to the studio Four days, please. Sarah, just like they, four probably, days. they probably would mail her a mic and she could do it at home, right? She well, could do it so I mean. easily. Like, what? which of the actors that didn't want to revisit this for whatever reason or the scheduling didn't work or whatever, or maybe they just – they don't want to be part of something genre at this point. Like, whatever your justification is. Right. How could they look at the process, the end result, and how – happy it's made everybody and not want to be a part and if they don't then it was never going to happen it was just that one piece that we all know that we won't speak of that is (laughs) that really held everybody back right but like this is a great step forward because this is like we've talked about this for for many episodes now here on Slayer Fest 98 <laughs> that that this was a show created by the actors, the writers, the producers. Like, it, yes. like everybody had a hand in this, right? And this is a perfect example of these people taking it back, reclaiming it. Yes. I will yeah. not let that unnamed entity <laughs> ruin another fucking thing. I'm yes. just not. And, yes. and so I hope that everyone else feels that way. I hope that everyone sees that the water is nice and warm and they can get right on in. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that does this. And I think like – if Sarah wanted to do a quick cameo also, it doesn't require – like, it's not as if she needs to do a press tour. Right. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it well, We would love it. We love a Sarah Michelle oh, press tour. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm only ever truly alive when that woman is on a panel. <laughs> but, yeah, I just feel like this has been – It's the excitement for me has been there. I really did love the comics. Um, 
I don't know. I feel like I'm in, you know, hearing hearing both of you talk about this, I have been in a weirdly good mood. We haven't even let you speak. Yes, this is your <laughs> podcast. <though. laughs> no, it's fine. I, I genuinely love hearing the two of you, like, gush. Um, because, like, I don't know. I feel like I can text either of you and we can gush in private. But, you know, like... I know, listen, I know Angel's not anyone's favorite. We have fun talking about Angel, but it's different, right? Um, and we have, like, mostly talked about Buffy, and I know, like, revisiting them is fun, but this is, like, brand new. I had, listen, I had a good day teaching today. I haven't been in a good mood in, like, a year, so I will take the good mood, and, like, li- literally listening to the two of you talk about it has, like, elevated my good mood. Oh, my goodness. I Every time I hear you talk about teaching, I just picture Buffy Season 7, Guidance Counselor, because you'll come <laughs> you'll come back and you'll start telling me about your students. And you you sound very, like, Guidance Counselor. <laughs> I w- today I did one-on-ones, and it went very well. And I was like, I was like I'm so proud of my babies. Like, I felt very <laughs> like Ian Carlos Crawford walking around with that white flowy top and a, and a, and a ponytail. That is a cute top, I think. Yeah, oh, yes. You know, my, my, me being hairy might not look so cute in it, but. <laughs> do you hand out cell phones? <laughs> Little flip phones? No, I do not. <laughs> um, I, I just picture Ian in the staff room being like, can I give detention? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, I do kind of feel like that because I feel like, well, I'm not an adult. The people, the other people that teach are adults. I am a 40 year old man child. What do I know about this? <laughs> As a non binary 30 something teenage girl. <laughs> 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 okay, well, so what I thought this was going to be was, because I've never listened to one like this, and I know there's other Either. series out here kind of like this, right? Um, but I've never listened to something like this, and so I thought it was going to be like somebody that we've never heard before just narrating it, right? And then you would have a few lines of dialogue thrown in yeah. from the actors. That's just what my expectation was. Hearing it sound exactly like I'm listening to an episode that is playing on a TV just behind yeah. me was so exhilarating and i i i'm so impressed i am so impressed by what they brought along and then you'll have like little moments where like music plays for like 10 seconds and i can just picture like the car driving away or you know them walking through this demon bar this you know cage fight like it's crazy (laughs) i mean it's like having the show back because like I can picture all of it in my mind. And also, I really don't miss it. Like, I love the visuals. Buffy is iconic fashion. And, like, the the special effects were so delightful. But it's not the essential heart of what I love from the series. The heart of the series is the characters, the dialogue, mm-hmm. the, like, the, the magic of it all. And, like, that's why we're talking about an animated version. It's like, yeah, like, look at Disenchant- Disenchanted, Disenchantment. I watch it. It's on Netflix. It's delightful. It's an action-adventure series. It, it the oh, magic really is check like, it out. it's really good it, it's completely original um it, it just it it's it's an example that like you can tell a similar story like this and the visuals don't they don't necessarily need to be gritty and real for mm-hmm. the characters to be grounded or for it to feel adult and, and you, you don't, don't even need them at all aging you don't yeah. gotta worry about any of it you got <laughs> all of them yeah. man like i need amber benson come on you're listening amber. <laughs> yeah if, and so if you need animated other, Animated. If you, need, if you need some queers in the writer's room, feel free to hire the three of us. Call, call HBO. I don't know how you do that. I don't know if you have their number, but just like do it, you know, like send them a, send them a call or Hulu, however you need to do this. Um, but okay, let's get into the episode. I took a lot of notes. So wait, I will I will say that listening to audio drama 
my ADD sometimes, like, I would be like, wait, where are they? But then it didn't matter, right? Like, okay, if I wasn't sure where they were or where they moved to, it's like, all right, well, I'm listening anyway. My brain filled it in, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But so we start with that little, like, almost Twin Peaksy like, Trap House remix of the theme, and I, like, teared up just at the theme, like, hearing the first beat. Oh, yeah, it was great. I kind of had, like, a cringy little smile on my face, but I was like... (laughs) It's not cringy, it's cute. (laughs) No, my smile was cringy. I hated the smile. (laughs) And then we get, like, a narration from Spike, like an opening, you know? And I like that he's narrating throughout. Yes. James Marsters just does the Spike voice so effortlessly, right? Yes, I, I I feel like that man has been practicing for this. Like since Buffy ended, he's like, "Well, I'm not getting rid of the accent, and if I don't keep doing it, I will lose yeah. it. So I'm going to do it anytime I can." I mean, he's like I have to do it at every fan convention. Yeah. I might as well keep it going, right? <laughs> I mean, like anytime he's done Spike's accent for Slayer Fest '98, I, I have not asked him. I would never be like, "Do the voice." But he doesn't. Like, I feel like... like, Does he have a cameo? Will he do a little something sexy for me? (laughs) (laughs) One of our Patreon subscribers, um, Hannah has had him do poetry readings in Spike's voice. Oh, oh that's great. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> and like, he's down, right? Like, I feel like... He you has know, fun with it. Yes. And no matter what else like, you're going to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. And no matter what you feel about like the character, the actor, whatever, like it is very clear he enjoys it. Right. Yeah. And, like, that's nice. Every, everything good is also a little annoying. Like for <laughs> real. So like, I, I think, I think if he can contextualize it and be like, nobody's saying I'm not good for anything else. They're saying I'm the best in the world at this thing that brings <laughs> them joy. You know what I mean? Him speaking at the beginning of this brought me right back into Sunnydale. Yep. Like yep. I'm mm-hmm. back, like not even missing a beat. Other actors are iconic. Like you hear Charisma Carpenter's voice and it's like shivers, yeah. but it wouldn't have immediately snapped me back because it's not like it's just such a unique so character. Yes, it's so and specific. It's, it's kind of um, it, it fulfilling that you know unproduced Spike spinoff we were supposed to get at yeah. one point, right? And so this was really nice. And James Marsters does audiobooks, doesn't he? He does yeah. like what yes. the Dresden Files. Mm-hmm. So he has practice with with audio work anyway, and he just he he's a pro, absolute yeah. pro at this. Yes, I think. And he has a good voice for the like all mm-hmm. of this. Even when he's not doing that, he has like a very good like speaking voice. Oh, I love all of like the the intro, the smoky voice, the yes. the like you know telling us. I can like hear him dragging on a cigarette as he's talking about it. I, I even put in my notes like I can so picturely, picturely, perfectly <laughs> teacher, really everybody, teacher. <laughs> I can so perfectly picture like the demon bar from season seven and him sitting there with like a whiskey in front of him with a cigarette in his hand. Like he's like talking to Clem. about. Oh, like, see, I happen. pictured him like sitting on a, like a tombstone. Oh, like, really? There. Yeah. With his, his uh, jacket sort of draped over the, the stone. I, so he starts, he's, they're in a bar, right? They are in a bar where they're are like they in a bar or are they I thought there was like a cage fight. Well, I cage think it's fighting like, like arena. That's what I wasn't sure if it was a bar that had a cage fighting arena. Yeah, I think it's like a demon bar. Okay. Then, you know, they always go all out. Sure. Um <laughs> it's a I, bar. The thing I liked is one of the demons, like right up top, is saying how pretty Spike is to look at. Yeah. Hell um yeah. I really that was another thing I really appreciated is that they lean into that. Because, like, I mean, it's true, right? And he, like we all said, he would not have aged, so he would look exactly the way he looked. And that man, those cheekbones are ridiculous. Yes. Speaking of not aging, 
people's voices age and like you can always tell with actors when they do like the they we turned time back with CGI and they're like hello. <laughs> um, like, and you're like what? <laughs> There's a little bit of that with Ellen Burstyn and The Exorcist. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) These people are, I don't know what they're drinking or throat coat or what, but they sound exactly the same. He sounds exactly the same. You know, I can hear a little bit of a difference, though. I can. I I won't lie about that. I can hear a little bit of age in some of their voices, but it's not in any way – distracting or too old, right? Like I hear just – like when I picture Anya and I hear her talking, I hear an older Anya because she is supposed to be older anyway, right? right? Yeah. I do. I picture an older Anya through that voice, and Spike's voice sounds a little huskier as well. Hmm. I can see that. I can see that. I the only speaking of ones that the only one I didn't recognize, and I was texting with uh, Trevor about this was Clem. I didn't realize it was really? Clem right away, but it's because he used to have those fake teeth in. I'm used to like the little bit of, oh, I've had this man on the, Maybe he should have had the teeth in. I wonder yeah. if he didn't wear the teeth in recording. I'm sure he maybe. did. But like, I've had this man on the podcast. I should be able to recognize that voice. Like he came mm-hmm. on for season six. I knew it was Clem immediately. And I also, I thought the writing for Clem was pitch perfect. Yes. Wonderful. It was so perfect they love clem yes and i i think that's like a perfect character to have in something like this right yes yes, yes. and that's what the buffy verse is the best at making yes. these people who are in one episode be in multiple episodes and then be one of the most beloved things you've ever <laughs> had in your existence like, and we're also world. catching up with these characters too right yeah. so like we get a lot of fill-in just from listening to their interactions together they clem and spike are friends like real good yeah. friends you know um and like, slayers sense, have right? been yeah yeah no, it doesn't feel forced. And Slayers have been running around. You know, Slayers are, I guess they, they say Diamond does in, mm. in, the, in the audio series. Um, and vampires and other demons are kind of just, you know, they're kind of just doing this. They're just doing demon <laughs> fights because they're like, well, fuck, if I go try to hunt somebody in an alley, you know, I've got yeah. 20 of them on my ass. They're just sitting around reminiscing, jerking off about like whatever. <laughs> Sad. And like I, I do feel like this was a great like duo to have at the intro because, you know, Zach, I think a lot about how you've said this a couple times on the pod, and I do think it's correct that like not all these people would have stayed best friends or stayed. Oh, close. not at yeah. all, not at all. But like some of them would have found friendships away from yeah. Sunnydale, and I think these two very much feel like they would have at some yes. point. They would have run into each other in LA, recognized each other, said, oh, well, why don't we have a drink? And then connected outside yeah. of all of the noise of like the Scoobies and yes. whatever big bad is going on that season. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And like they, so, you know, because it is an audio drama that you have to do a little bit of exposition dump, but I think it's still enjoyable to listen to. Yeah. Um, what is it? He says, he, he pretends that he's evil. We know that he's faking it. He says that we learn there's a slayer named Gwen that's in the hospital that had her family murdered in front of her. Oh, a I, lot of crazy shit happened to this girl, right? It was like her family. <laughs> she had like 27 broken bones. Yes. They fucked her up. Um, and I don't know how you two feel. I did kind of like that we were upping... They curse a little bit there. It was like almost like it aged with us, right? Cause we're all older from watching the show. And like, it, I don't think that's something that would have been as explicit in the show. Um, yeah. It's still tame though. Yeah. 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 But like, that's what I mean. Just like a tad. They like, yeah, yeah. went up a little bit. Um, we get a pen- and I wouldn't want it to go up a ton right, more. Right. Yeah, we're at the right level. Yes, I, I don't agree. Know. I want to hear. I want to hear Don throwing out some f bombs now. Like this, <laughs> we, mean, we've reached that point. It's time. <laughs> um, we meet a Penthos demon 
who, this is a very obscure reference. Ryan, I don't know if you will. I kept thinking, and I meant to look it up. I mean, I know it's not her. It sounded like Deanna Troy from Star Trek, the demon. It does. It It isn't, <laughs> though. It is um, Juno Dawson. Wait, who? That She's like done a lot of other things, hasn't she? Yeah, she's an author and like an activist. And um, I, I actually don't know how much acting I know her from, but she's very fun in this. Like, yes, chewing yes, scenery, yes, eating. Yes. So fun. And, you know, Zach, you had said this to me in text that like, the thing I like about these, like the random like demons that we're getting is they do sound like Buffy. Oh, they sound like the exact kind of guest actors that they would have had on the show. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. I think the experience for audible studios of having produced both Sandman books, yeah. um, which I listened to, I listened to both their audio dramas, um, really gave them the resources necessary to not just do a book like in the Buffy style, like, but to actually have the, like, I don't. I, I want to say like taste in house to mm. curate something like this because like Sandman was another instance where you needed really defined, very over the top characters with character actors, and they all had to be really contrasty. Like nobody could like. It's not like you have you can have a blonde woman and a brunette woman who look who sound the same. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they really have to contrast for you to keep it straight, especially because the names aren't always written down. Like it's not like Spike said. You know what I mean? Right, You're just yeah, hearing yeah. it. So I think they did a really good job. And I, I, I have to say, like, thanks, Neil Gaiman, for the assist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, that and I, this is the one reference. Kat Dennings was in that, right? Because she has a very yeah. distinct voice. Yeah, she was so good in that, too. Oh, and my I, God. And I feel like you have to get actors like that that have, like, a distinct, memorable voice. Yeah. Um, and like this, I mean, a little bit, I maybe we're biased just because we know the show. So we know the voices. But, like, I thought this did a good job of that. Mm -hmm. where even like like we're saying even these demons had specific voices so like when the pathos demon shows up later i recognize her voice i was like oh this is who we talked to earlier you know yeah and Mm -hmm. i love that it's a female protagonist or a female antagonist delightful always want more of those yes um especially in buffyverse they i will say i think for this they upped the queerness and the like yeah, they did. Like women in it, which I mean, it's saying a lot because Buffy was already all women. But like, like you said, it's like we even have the like. It's just what they do best, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, the women in the Buffy verse have like notoriously gotten the shit end of the stick for a right. lot of a lot of it throughout both shows, right? Mm-hmm. And didn't they did talk about that? They didn't. They, some of the actors say like we're writing some of you know what was done to some of these female characters like Anya and Cordelia, and yes, Sarah and. It's so fun justice. in that way, you know? And I mean, I there's... just wanted justice for characters I did want more from. I wanted mm-hmm. more from Tara's story. I wanted a lot more Anya in the show, even though we did get a ton. Like, I just, I felt like there's so much more to explore. And it felt like they knew who needed that. Yes. Yes. You know, and I feel like that's another thing, you know, I, I post, there was that video on Audible, that Audible posted that I posted on Slayerfest Instagram where like, they are talking about it. They all look fantastic. And Amber Benson like cries at the end and like, you can feel this that this meant a lot to especially, I think, her and Emma and Charisma because their characters did get the shit end of the stick. You know what I mean? Well, and their characters, their characters. Of- <laughs> what was that right? Honestly, give them a blank check. Those three want to work together and do whatever. Cool. Yes. Whatever. Do a game show. I want oh, a game show, but but make it in the Buffyverse, right? Like yeah, put it in put it 100%. in one of those things. Um, but they, you know, it, it, these actors they're not always going to think up everything themselves, right? So they've been listening to fans for 25 years. They've been listening to 
what we've had to say at conventions or like on fucking Twitter about, you know, Tara's death or the shit end that Cordelia got. And um, maybe they hadn't thought about it back then, but they certainly thought about it, you know, over time. And it feels like something, this feels like something that was very much like they listened to fans and they yes. heard some of the complaints that we had or like the, or just even observations. Yeah. And, and it isn't feeling like they're overcorrecting in the way of like, I don't know if anyone here has seen. And just like that, the sequel series, <laughs> leave it alone, leave it ready. alone. I won't, I won't be here. I'll leave. <laughs> I'll just say I'm waiting for that audio drama. <laughs> that was, yeah. I want the behind the scenes book. Uh, that, that was, way overcorrecting to a degree that they weren't even equipped to service what they wanted to say. Like they, mm. it's as if someone said, Hey, you guys did a really bad job of this. And they were like, well, we're going to do a whole bunch more of that thing we fail at. And this doesn't feel like that. This feels like they heard it and they were also excited in a positive way of like, yeah. we, there's so much we did want to do. And we do want to do like, I, I they, like they were like excited to hear their own takes sort of validated Mm -hmm. rather than it being like a gotcha criticism. It's more of like an, I don't know, an observation about how at the context of that the show was in. And like, I don't, I I don't know. Like, and I'm not trying to diffuse these things. It's like, Oh, the show's never been problematic or something. I just don't think that they're overcorrecting in like a ham handed way. Well, and they're doing it. They're doing it in a future focused way rather than focusing on like, Oh, well that didn't happen in the past. We're going to retcon that little detail or like, yes, yes. Focused on going forward. Right. Y'all all all remember, we know all the fans remember everything that already happened. We're just going forward and follow us on this new story. Right. And judge us on this new story. Yes. It doesn't feel like they're including a character of color who they actually don't have any ideas about. Yes. They just were like, hey, you don't even have a purpose in the story. Like, again, on just like, on and just like that, one of the You're women. You're really is, going for this one, Ron. <laughs> I'm sorry, but one of the women is like a black version of Charlotte, which is great. The actress is great, but it kind of fucks with the show's structure to have two of the same characters for no reason other Mm -hmm. than you felt like you didn't have enough women of color in your cast it's also insulting to women of color it's insulting to that character like and i felt like in this like you know we'll get to it later in later editions but i do think that they're the characters that they bring in it's great that they're bringing in people of color because the way that they're using people in the cast in a way doesn't feel it, it feels like they, they're, it's a character they're excited to show us mm-hmm. and like who has something original to say and additive to yes. the actual plot and stuff, you know, which is such a relief. To credit to Stephanie Williams, I remember when she was writing um, the Nubia series, she had a trans Amazonian in like the Amazon island where Wonder Woman's from, Themyscira. And she tweeted specifically like, I put a lot of care into this character. She is not going to be a background character who is just there because she is trans. Like I, I have a plot for her. I have a story for her. And she like made sure she tweeted that when that character popped up because she wanted to assure people she wasn't just doing this to be like, look, you have a trans character. Shut up. Okay. You win. Like, you know, like, yeah. Give your character something unique, yes. like, like uh, worth even clinging on to as a person in the audience who wants representation. Um, and it does feel like that. And so I don't know. I just, I like that. I just like that this thing exists. And, and as, it, as far as this first episode, is there a ton of 
backstory and like lore dumping. Yeah, but that's also just a function of an audio drama. Like yeah. I want everyone to be prepared for there are going to be scenes where a character is talking out loud to themselves and they have to justify it somehow because we need their inner monologue and yes. this is just how the format works. But it it's only weird for one second. Yeah. It's like sitcoms have people laughing during them. It's part right. of the like structure. <laughs> Freaking, and it truly didn't take me out of it at all. I didn't yes. even think about it really un- until you said something. So I would maybe go back and listen and hear it a second time. But the first time I was just on the ride. And yeah. speaking of additions, right? Yes. We're we're at, we're getting our new edition yes. here. Yes. She wait. Also, before we move on, I wanted to say I was quoting that family guy when I was like, oh, you win. That was supposed to be that thing where Lois is like, oh, you got your gay stuff. You win. Are you happy? That was what I was trying. Thank you for your reference clarification. Appreciate it. (laughs) Nine. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so Spike is at this bar. Is I thought at first, but I think I assumed incorrectly that Clem was supposed to be the one running the bar. He's just like there, right? I thought he was just there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because in my notes, I was like, oh, I love that Clem has his own demon bar, and then I know we later can say it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> sure. We better find out in this series why Clem never has anything bad happen to him. Like, is he so inconsequential that nobody cares to kill him <laughs> and take anything from him, or does he secretly have some an amazing defense mechanism that it's he the just floppy doesn't... ears? The floppy ears. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But you know what I appreciate? He doesn't care, right? He's not trying to be the center of whatever. He's like, I'm no. good. I don't need. I don't need to fight. <laughs> He's like, look at all this going on. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes, we hear he brings he basically brings Spike there because the Pathos Demon put Gwen in the hospital. He kind of wants Spike to like undisclosed do something about it, right? Yeah. And then who enters the scene while they're and they're back at the bar, Zach? So you have to do it. You have to say the name because I'm already drawn blank. Indira. Yeah. Indira. Yeah. Indira. She, okay. It's she not is our, <laughs> She is our new Slayer. Um, she is. We learn. She is 16. Uh, she is a new slayer. Just um, got her powers that morning. Mm-hmm. But and, has been yeah. all over the Reddit pages. Is a slayer aficionado. She is somebody who watched seven seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and mm-hmm. five seasons of Angel the TV series. And <laughs> is that a little annoying? Totally. Never. So was Dawn. So was Dawn. <laughs> it's fine. She's cool as hell. She's enthusiastic about being a slayer, which is something we've never seen. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? And she's also like, she's also like, uh, it's it's not even that. She's also like coming into this with all this knowledge. It could have been so annoying, but it's also way, way less annoying than a character who would need to be caught up and like forced to learn yes. the lore. Like, no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't bad at all. You know what I kind of like uh, compare it to is Amanda wasn't all that bad either, but Amanda right. was kind of annoying to everybody in, in, the, in the world, but we liked Amanda. Yes. Or I liked yes. Amanda. Yeah. I feel like she's kind of like Amanda in that that's, way. That's a really good comparison. Yes, and so everyone knows Zach is a hard sell on a teen. So it's I'm I'm glad to hear you. I'm happy I'm to okay hear you with say. her until she brings out her phone and throws up TikTok. But this <laughs> is I don't know if TikTok's invented yet. Is this ten years? I can't tell okay. because yes. at one point Spikes uses some he borrows someone's corded phone mm. <laughs> and like I was like wait what <laughs> we've just come back ten years it's like nineties again. But I mean also like you know everyone was saying that for Scream Six they're like Gail wouldn't and I'm like no someone of a certain age like all my older yeah. family members do have. So, like my dad still has like we have like a house number. Um, yeah, especially like a reporter who maybe has like a good line. Or, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know how hacking works. 
<laughs> but I do, and I also like that, like, when Clem sees her, he's like, hello, young Slayer, my name is Clement, I'd like to apologize, and then she fucking kicks him. Um, and then I do like her fanning out, and she's like, like Summer's Rosenberg Giles Spike, and like... Oh, it was <sighs> the voice of the audience. Yes. It's, it's, it's genius. I know she has all seven seasons of the box sets <laughs> in her bedroom. <laughs> um, we learned that, which we assume Spike is working undercover. She she compares becoming a slayer to getting your period, which I wonder if that was a nod to the movie. Oh, like, totally. Right? And and just to the fact that Gen Z is like, did you to, I mean, or, or whatever teenager in modern parlance is our equivalent here, um, that the like frankness of being able to talk about stuff mm-hmm. like that, maybe because of the internet in some way. Yeah. <laughs> but not to irritate you with the TikTok teen of my brain, but also like, I think, she's also unique in the way that like she just got her powers this morning and not only is she enthusiastic about it like she's ready to go we've never seen a slayer who didn't have her powers for like two weeks like accidentally breaking thing you know what i mean like (laughs) we or or, like if we did it was in season seven and we didn't get a lot of their inner life so i think that's really a cool interesting thing and then to have her latch on to spike in this like Mm watcher-esque capacity it's so good. Make him be the exact opposite of what his character wants to be, which is like responsible for someone else. And like, and he is so good at it. Like his relationship yes. with Han, his relationship with Joyce, even his relationship with like Drusilla in some ways, some in like evil ways, was him being like, I don't know, like a good mentor figure. You know, it's funny because I remember my mom once said that like we I forget what we were watching, what episode we were watching, and there was like a cute spike. And Dawn scene, and I was like, can you imagine, like, being a teen, working with a man that hot? And my mom was like, oh, I'm sure she was in love with him. I would have been, too. Like, what young girl that gets a star, like, young teen that gets a star in a show like this and then gets to share really good scenes with this, like, gorgeous bad boy wouldn't be crushing? And I was like, oh, that's true. (laughs) But then also it makes so much sense because if she is so like in the know on all of this lore, right. And she knows him, then she doesn't know how to get a watcher. She doesn't know like next steps. She got it this morning and decided to just, you know, go out to this place that she thought, I don't, what the fuck was she there for? What was she going to (laughs) do? I think it was just like, she was was ready to fight. fight. She was just going to fight. (laughs) I've I've showed up to a gay bar like that. I'm ready to fight. She shows up to Stonewall ready to fight all the gays. I'm like, I'm like, say something turfy. Let's fucking do that. (laughs) And so she, you know, has run into Spike, William the Bloody. And she's like, you, I, you're not ditching me. I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) Hello, Clement. Let's get in the car. (laughs) Me with you, with both of you. (laughs) I'm like, nope, you're stuck with me. Too bad. Um, They go to, uh, was it a pizza place? It was a pizza place, right? Again, I, I I think you just kind of fill it in, right? I know they probably say it, but I'm filling it in differently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I pictured was a pizza place, but mm-hmm. I, that also is just what I picture when people eat food. <laughs> I'm in New York. <laughs> and so her name is Santina. She's an, We learned she's an ex-watcher that, like, Spike is friends or friendly with. Love her. Felt very Star Love Wars. Her. Felt very yes. like <laughs> at a cantina in Star Wars. <laughs> um, She's delightful. A real Leah Remini for the universe here that I think we needed. See, we've just cast. There you go. There you just go. New casting. I And I like that she's kind of like, no, I'm done with that. What are you talking about? Like, she, she doesn't want to do it. Um, so Spike grabs a grape soda for Clem on the way out, Aww. which is so cute. Um, and then we cut to Indira and Clem. And I think this 
was so weird when she asks him about grape soda and he gives a long speech about it. And then Spike comes back and he says that he's called Giles because Giles loves shaping young minds. But Giles okay. doesn't wake up at 6 a.m. anymore. He's right. not an early riser anymore, which we're going to get to. I'm going to keep my mouth shut right now, but I have lots of screaming to do when we get to Giles. <laughs> okay. Um, so the thing I was, the only what a, a minor critique is when they talk about the magic box. And I was like, where? Where is the magic box? Because like, I can't be the one in Sunnydale, but they were, they were doing that a little bit. I wasn't sure because I was still questioning, are we still a crater in Sunnydale? Magic box better not be like just, Sunnydale better not be there. I don't want Sunnydale to be there. And I was really worried about that because they kept talking about Sunnydale. Yes. Yeah. But they do like, we eventually get to that. It's like that street is abandoned and it's like kind of still there, but Sunnydale is a crater, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't love the like. Well, stuff might be there. I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I can. I'll forgive it enough. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I also think that that I think that it to set this apart from other stuff, they were going to want to do a moment where we were in Sunnydale, and maybe this alternate reality will have a Sunnydale for us to play in. But I, I think I don't know. I think that they sometimes when you do a Star Wars reboot. You do some stuff that you just wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. But my thing is, and what I've wanted from every sort of like reboot project, book, comic book, anything, is we set up this huge expanded universe at the end of Buffy. We're beyond Sunnydale now. So alternate reality, fine. Let's go to Sunnydale, right? But here, let's come on. Let's go out. There's there's magic boxes all over the world. We can find something. <laughs> like when yeah. they keep like questioning, oh, he's in London. Oh, how are we going to get contact to London? I'm like, there's fucking magic. What are you talking about? And cell phones again. <laughs> right? I, I have to assume these people have a group chat. But you know, I think listen, friends want to go back to Central Perk. That's what people want. Yeah, people yeah. To fair, fair. And like, and and the library's definitely gone, <laughs> it's like twice over. So you know, I I'm not saying it's great, but I, I get it. And honestly, again, we can move past it really quickly. It, yes. These are yes. the things that's like, mm. but I will say, like, I it does to me make sense that Spike would not be in contact with. Um, Willow or like distrustful of her and that Spike like wouldn't be that like Giles all, had just wanted to remove himself from this narrative for so long at this point <laughs> that like I guess I get it that he would be gone but yeah I would think there'd be like a group chat or at least like you know set your alarm at night so that like do not disturb is on but like if spike or buffy or somebody calls you it goes through you know what i mean i don't know i don't know buffy still doesn't know know how to use an iphone in 2023 (laughs) i think they have to sign the the buffy signal in the sky i I agree with that zach she's like the only character that it would make sense right like be like i can hear her saying stupid phone Yes, yes. Yeah. And I remember when, I don't know if either of you remember, there was that meme going around. I did it. I did it for My Bloody Jude. I did it yeah, for Slayer. Yes. I did it for fucking everything where it was like, <laughs> brings like bring Coke to the party, brings Coke, brings Pepsi, brings like the drug Coke. 
Um, and I like I think it was you, Zach. They were like Buffy wasn't rem- wouldn't remember to bring anything. Like <laughs> Buffy's weird empty Instagram <laughs> that she's never used. Yeah. Uh, she's yes, and it's all still like the 2012 Instagram filters if she does upload, right? But it's I like think her feet on the beach. We can give her a little more grace, I think, because she had so much on her plate back then. Yeah, and when we saw her, she was always like front line you know she was the slayer she maybe has had some time to chill and kind of integrate into the world a little bit better now she she probably could go and take a, a class photo these days i bet you she's uh, watching suits she probably <laughs> watches suits what what okay before we get right back into the episode everybody, <laughs> what does what does buffy watch and what does spike watch because spike was a big passions guy right oh, what is question. he watching like today Oh, wow. Okay. Spike watches... You'd think Spike would be watching Game of Thrones. Spike has no interest in Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> he watches Love Island. He's a big Love yes, Island fan. I can see yeah. that. I, I feel like he... If if he and Dawn still, like, maybe had little hangouts, he would watch Heartstopper with Dawn. Like, I feel oh, like he... Like, oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> you realize yeah. Dawn is, like, a 30-something-year-old woman, too, though. Oh, right. You're not right. just picturing her as a 15-year-old. <laughs> that just is what I... Make. <laughs> <laughs> he also watches Emily in Paris, but that's not with anyone at all. He oh, just loves love Emily yeah. in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> and he might even watch and just like that too, right? Yeah, but he hates American Horror Story. He has a whole yes. rant about it. Yes. You bring that up and he'll be like, every first episode is great. <laughs> and then... <laughs> me um yeah no i feel like he wouldn't you're right he wouldn't like game of thrones he wouldn't like shit that feels like stuff he's done like yeah. he would he would hate world that. ending no thanks yeah. but boring to him um and then it's like not accurate but buffy i don't know what buffy would be watching oh buffy definitely watches like diy house videos yeah Oh yeah, Buffy. Also, Buffy has three apps on her home screen. One of which is TikTok, where she just scrolls. She I could see like Buffy trying to renovate, also, and it not going on. Well her kind of like having an unfinished house. Yes, she <laughs> yeah. accidentally breaks something and then just puts it all on hold. It's and... just yes. She doesn't. She doesn't really have Xander there to <laughs> to board up the window, so she kind of just like leaves the drywall uncovered. She glued a picture to the wall because it just would not. <laughs> All the wallpaper is like misaligned. (laughs) All right. I'm going to get us moving along. So we we go to the poker game. Clem says they're late for the other demon that's there that I didn't fully understand. That's like the like she's like a combination of all the ghosts of every hummingbird ever. But like, sure. Love it. Let's get wacky with it. Sure. Yeah, I'm just going with it. Go. Yeah. Um, The fun of an audio drama, too, is that it lets you picture what that would be or that that person would look like. Yeah. I can picture the special effects, like the the work done on their faces, right? Like all the. I pictured her having like almost like a little bit of like a mist around her that's like cute hummingbird colors or something. Yeah. But so. I like that, you know, she says Buffy was Spike's Death Star, that annoys Spike. Um, Indira says, ooh, so you were in love with her about, is it about Buffy or is it about one of the other demons? Oh, no, I think it was about Buffy. Okay. Like, I thought you know, we really Buffy. were in love with yeah. Buffy. And so we get Spike kicks Esther. Esther is the hummingbird demon. He kicks her out. Um, and here's, and he tells Indira to sit in her spot, but then they hear what they think is Esther trashing the store, but they run out to the, or whatever it is, they run out to the front, and who do they encounter, Ryan? They encounter the one and only chosen one, Cordelia Chase. It's freaking (laughs) wild. It is wild, and I know we're not there yet, but I'm already flashing through the outfits that she's wearing here. (laughs) 
I am like so totally chosen. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I like my notes are like it's Cordelia. I knew she was coming, but I could cry. I am crying. Like yes. I knew it was coming, but it was just it. I couldn't think of what moment it reminded me of, but it felt very like in a show when it's like there's like bright golden lights shining behind you, and you just feel like. The, this like beautiful character enters stage and that's what i pictured for like they like say she takes off her hood and i this lunch. is 20 minute like clapping from the yes. audience that yes. she's and by the way everyone she has long hair again yes okay? yeah. she has to have long hair because i asked my husband about this and he said <laughs> she has short hair and i said no no she has long no. hair it's probably even longer than it was before hell yeah <laughs> yes Thicker. it's Suspiciously a long flips we get hairography and when you mm-hmm. ryan when you were talking about their voices sounding exactly the same Charisma Carpenter's voice sounds exactly the same. That woman has never met age. She said, no, thank you. Incredible. <laughs> Listen, when after I did that live with her, um, she complimented both me and my mother saying we did not look our age. And I was like, this is a compliment I will take to my grave. And my mother literally did. My mom would bring it up. Like, <laughs> okay. well, remember when Cordelia Chase said I looked didn't look my age? <laughs> Bianca Lawson told her the recipe for a secret potion one day on set. <laughs> Yes, and both, both of them now have immortality. They met that death becomes her lady, and they took that yeah. potion. They found it. They're they're good. They're, Charisma is ready to start filming tomorrow. Everybody else is like, let's do animation, maybe. Charisma's <laughs> like, no, let's do like a full. She's like, I've been practicing the backflip. <laughs> so she enters. In my mind, there's like smoke and a light behind her, and she's all shiny with new life. Does she's she have got, a hood like, on for y'all? Great or no? tan. Well, he does say she takes her hood off. Okay. So yeah. Yes. So she has a hood on. But I picture it as like a very cute, like hoodie. Like it's not just like, you know, a frumpy hoodie that I'm wearing. It's like oh, a that's nice. interesting. Hmm. Did you picture it as like a cloak? I pictured like a cloak, but I guess it could be like a Renaissance tour hoodie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. I can't believe this is this is so wild that we're talking about this. Talking about charisma present day, but I, I do think it's like 10 years later. So I think they're like 10 years from the finale. And she's definitely like a rough and tumble version of Cordelia. We're supposed to believe she's hardened. I don't think our initial shot in my mind is that. But then we come to find out she is a neck scar and she's been through some shit and she's like a ball of trauma. She is, but her personality still, and it's through because I've listened to three episodes by now, and she, her personality has stayed true. I mean, even at her most evil, she was still Cordelia. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I agree with that. And like, I, I don't know. It was wild hearing like a fight scene with Cordelia and like. Love it. Yeah. Isn't it incredibly meta too? Because knowing that she was going out for Buffy initially anyway. Mm -hmm. I know. So weird. And I agree with her when she says like, listen, those parts were cast correctly. I can't argue with that. Like huge success. She's right. But the character of Cordelia is so fucking good and fertile that her moment in the sun is overdue and it feels so natural Mm -hmm. so right and yeah in another world cordelia and buffy are the same very similar people yes yes you know and i could see her being like listen why was i chosen i would love to know i don't think it's about beauty but i also don't think that hurt my case (laughs) (laughs) i also don't think i have like a moment to settle down like she's in buffy's mindset i don't have a moment to settle down to figure out why i was chosen yeah i'm on the go and we still get like you know she like you said she's still Cordelia because I like that she's like I don't want to get your vamp dust in my hair but I will if you push it and like we do get those little like and you know Buffy even had them too right like where like Buffy would be like I you know when she 
met Glory and she was like, she's kind of like Cordelia. Like still, Buffy still had the jabs and mm-hmm. Cordelia still does, but she's still like, I think they find a good balance, right? Between Cordelia from the show and this Cordelia who's a slayer in an alternate reality. Like I really do think they find Listen, nice balance. I, this is a confession that nobody listening to this show is going to like me for, but okay. here we are. I was popular in high school and that will <laughs> always be in me. Being like a little bit of a bitch is like always going to be a tool in my arsenal. And part of like what makes me me is the experiences that I've had. And like, not that I was like a bully or something, but like, you know, I think if you grow up with a certain dynamic of like social interaction and like way of being, it doesn't matter all the stuff that happens to you mm-hmm. and like who else you become. It's some part of her. She will always have like a snotty little teenager voice. <laughs> and like, you know what? If you're a snotty teenager, some people don't get the, the some people aren't lucky enough to be huge snotty teenagers. <laughs> and some of us are. And it will always be in your like repertoire. And I think like Buffy is a snotty teenager. But, like, Willow was never a snotty teenager. She just wasn't in the position right. to be, like, you know, acid sarcasm. All right, two <laughs> things real quick. One, while you were talking, did you hear something crash? Because my Cordelia figure fell off the <gasps> shelf. Oh, she's so... Oh, shit, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Anya from the other side. <laughs> she's like, I heard she you talking shit. Us. Two... Brian, that's why I couldn't be happier to be here with the Cordelia and Faith to my Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) An alternate universe, Brian, is the chosen one. (laughs) Oh my God, and what a weird universe that would be. Aren't we lucky? The one thing I didn't, and I, okay, so I've had to remind myself this is alternate reality, Cordelia, right? Because there's a little line here where they talk about looks, and I could see this being a little bit of correcting, right? Where looks aren't as important, right? But Buffy always talked about her looks. She's like, I can slay and look cute doing it i can always you know i look cute there is a line where cordelia kind of shuns the looks and it's more like oh it's just good genes Mm, i want to hear cordelia acknowledge that she's hot i want to hear that's also what hot girls say Mm -hmm. like i've had a lot of plastic surgery and (laughs) pretending to be humble and just say i I look hot and this scar is hot and i am wearing a fabulous outfit (laughs) <laughs> Zach, you and I are going to take that energy and move forward with it. <laughs> yes, yes. We're going to internalize it and move forward with that energy. <laughs> Cordelia Shay. I don't need to because I am hot. <laughs> I know, Ryan. I know you don't need to. <laughs> okay, but we're all Willow season one. So let us let us thrive. Let us evolve. <laughs> You've uh, seen the softer side of sea. <laughs> I'm just Willow season one if she shopped at Hot Topic. Let's be real. Uh, but so we then learn, you know, Cordelia said, I like her line when she talks about how they have so many slayers that enough to give away with every purchase at Sephora. Why? And like, so we learn that Spike in her reality is dead. Do, does she say Drusilla's name yet? I don't I think she does. Don't believe right? she does, but it's like we we know it. It's right. he, she, it's heavily there. So yeah, it's like someone only you understand. Only like, you know. Only, totally. only my Spike would understand this yes. big bad, right? I mean, even Angel did not understand his own creation on that one, right? Yes, God. he did not. Um, and I will say it is also nice. It's nice and weird to think like, wow, these two characters really didn't interact. Like they were on the same show, but they right? didn't really interact. Right. I was trying to look back to like, when did they even meet? I can't <laughs> even think of a time where like may- maybe the one angel episode with the ring, but like the gem of Amara, but right. like, I don't think they even had time to be like, hi, my last name is Chase. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what slay i i think maybe they would have you know what i mean i don't know there's other stories to be told phone calls we were not privy to maybe so we 
We then hear a whoosh noise. And I love this because I was like, oh, they're showing us the other dimension. That's what they're yes. doing. And yeah. That's what they were doing. I, I just it. need to know everybody's in real time reaction to. <laughs> we already kind of went into Cordelia, but when you hear Anya's voice, what did I, you do? I teared up again. Because yes, I just, diverse. I you know, I know I talk a lot about Cordelia, but Anya is also one of my favorites. I just, Anya is the one that like when I went through this show with, Jason, who is now a co-host, and my other roommate that I then lived with, straight best friend Kevin, both of them would be like, oh, that's you. Like, she is you. Um, And like, she's, you know, I'm not, Cordelia is more hot girl shit. Anya is more, I'm just saying things. And so I more relate to that. I wish I were more Cordelia, but I'm more Anya, where it's like, I say a thing and I'm like, oh, why did I say that? (laughs) Like, um, And I just, I don't know. I thought she effortlessly went back into this character mm-hmm. and i like that she's, it, a, she's an amazing actress she is and it's i like the thing that was made this almost easier as like an nb was that like she i didn't think she felt too far from the anya we knew she was a maybe a little bit more severe but like i also love that severe it opened, in which way like a little bit more where she's like you know when she says bitch and like you know she's a little okay. bit more yeah. like willing to fight you know what I mean? And well, like, she feels like she's gotten older as well. Like we didn't yes. get to see our Anya get older. This one feels like she's 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 experienced human life a little bit longer and is not as you know jokey about everything. Right. Yes. So yeah, and I love love that she. We open with her annoyed because someone's calling her about Harry Potter. Like <laughs> I love when she's like, "There is nothing in the store labeled Gryffindor. No, not Hufflepuff." Like she's like, "Get that shit out of here." <laughs> we will not be supporting that woman. Not on our show. <laughs> we can't talk about outfit yet, but like hairstyle. Is she curly haired? Straight haired? Oh, I pictured the like curly season five hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's like... I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. (laughs) Or alternatively, I will accept a Dakota Johnson-style bangs dark hair situation Mm. as like a, as I'm getting older, I'm feeling more refined kind of a take. (laughs) But it's not what I want. I would take it. It's not here. That's in the next episode. We already know she's bitches (laughs) hair colors like, you know. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't Emma Caulfield even wrote that thing for Entertainment Weekly for the 20th anniversary where she said that like they would get annoyed because she would change her hair so much. Yeah. Um, and Ryan, what was your reaction? Oh, well, Anya is along with Cordelia my favorite character from the series and I and I don't think that they're that similar. I think they were brought in to fulfill a certain voice that, yeah. that at the beginning of both of those characters and then they grew to be more different than other characters you know so i i anya's up there for me and it's a totally unique love and i love 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 emma caulfield and to hear her back in doing a role that i never ever ever thought we were gonna get like i was certain one of the only people who wouldn't come back would be emma and to hear her so enthusiastically yeah. do it and like especially to an Anya that that doesn't die or like isn't like traumatized as much like she's been through human life it sounds like she's been through horrible experiences but like it's not I don't know she didn't turn back to being a demon she's still a store owner she's like this version of Anya that I would love to have seen had the chance to thrive mm-hmm. and you know she's not necessarily thriving at the moment but she is like still that person and that version of her and I'm just really excited about it and I think I think that's the version that Emma Caulfield would wanted to play too, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think that's like really a good point. That's like what she wanted to do. Um, 
and I I give her a Anya with a fucking dog. I love it. Right? Oh, like I yeah. love that she's so attached to this damn yes. dog. <laughs> I I just I I love when she's like. I know, I know, I hate people, but I love you, okay? To like this, like, yes, release this as a doll, and the dog has to be an accessory. <laughs> yeah, very similar, very similar relationship to the one she had with Xander. <laughs> I'll take you outside <laughs> to poop or whatever. <laughs> this one will never leave her. Yeah. Um, and I like that when she like mentions mommy, when she calls herself mommy, she's like, damn it, how'd you get me to do that? Puppy mind control. Um, <laughs> She opens, this confused me. I didn't care. I just didn't fully understand. I mean, I know they clarify it later. When she like looks in the portal and sees Anyanka, I was a little like, wait a minute, what's going on? But that's to be know. figured out. Yes, that's that's for next episode. She even says that she thought this reality her was dead. And then who burst through the door, Zachary? Drew, I was going to do it next, but I can't. Okay, Drusilla. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wonderful. And I I know we... So this is the problem, right, with Drusilla's. We've had her so little that we really only have like a few hairstyles to go off of. But I do picture like the knots in her hair. Like longer oh, yeah. hair, you know, the knots in her hair at the top. Or some sort of like... Ornate design in her hair. It has to be something. I I don't know it's if it's shades of Phoebe Buffet. <laughs> I don't know if it's because of the dog of it all, but I perfectly pictured in season two. I think it's in Passion when she goes to like that ver- season two's version of the Magic Box and she's holding that dog, and she enters and yeah. she has that beautiful jacket yeah. on and the hair. Like that was what I was picturing because I think that's like a really good look. And she does wear it for a few episodes in season two. That's like that jacket with the fur on it. Like that's what I pictured in this. Mm-hmm. Like some sort 100%. of modern take on the vampire wearing fur, wearing, you know, really romantic vampire garb. Right. Yeah. She is lucky that crushed velvet is back in style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I, I liked, you know, this is like the most action Drusilla has gotten outside of that one angel episode where she I was going to say angel. Yeah. Like this. And it was, this is what I like. I like seeing Drusilla do this because she does feel like she could like, yes, she is unhinged and her brain is maybe sometimes scrambled eggs, but she also like can like control a room. Right. And she, she will- killed Kendra. Yeah, she did. Kill Kendra. <laughs> True. Wild too, with a few slaps and a little. That's how powerful she's a direct descendant of the master. (laughs) Did they already mention that she's queen of vampires by now though? Did like Cordelia mention that earlier or are we kind of like, I'm a little displaced. Honestly, now I don't remember. I didn't write that. But she is, she's the queen in this reality. (laughs) Yes. She is our vampire queen. And she has entered and Anya's like, wait, you can't come in here. And she's like, bitch. Whose name is on the lease? And we're all like, who were you thinking? Who were you thinking? What name were you thinking? I I think I did say, is it Tara? Like, I yeah. was like, is it Tara? Like, it has to be Tara, right? I went because- through a few people, but then I was like, no, they're not in it, though. So I thought Giles, because I was like, he also <laughs> owned the magic box, but he wouldn't have come to Sunnydale for any right. reason. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless it's, the, you know, Shepherd Cordelia, but I don't know that that would have been a successful pairing. So, so they have their fight and I do like getting both these ladies who didn't get a lot of like actiony scenes. I like both of like, you know, I, they never had a scene together and it's like cool the way we get them together and that they are fighting. We learn that Anya is like a very good witch now, which I like. Mm-hmm. Cause she had, she, to slip back. Good. she had to slip back into magic, right? right. Like she, it, it only made sense. Yeah. And I, I think that like that makes sense for her character. Right. Yeah. I, and especially I think, 
she was doing magic as a human before because that's how she got her vengeance demon mm-hmm. stuff. Then owning the magic box. And we did see her do lots of little things, but also without Buffy to defend the magic box. I mean, <laughs> also bring some problems there, but <laughs> without Buffy like being like, step off, you do need defense systems. Having the magic box super booby trapped would be like a really important priority. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, gotta protect I actually, that dog. I got nervous. I. Not to sound like you, Zach, but I was like nervous for both Anya and the dog. I was like, I was worried first for the dog, and then I yeah. was like, oh wait, but how much did she record? Yeah, this right? better not be it. But what we found out is that she recorded two characters, so she's gonna <laughs> be in it, and the dog lived. <laughs> yes, and also she lived. Um, and I like. That like Drusilla even says, I mean, eat you up and your little dog too. Like she's, it's very like Wicked Witch, which is. I hear the twinkling music like as Drusilla speaks. (laughs) Um, But I was really worried at the end there. And I was like, okay, they can't kill Anya again, right? Like they're not going to do that. Um, Because I was like, did I see her in the photos? I don't know if I saw her in the photos they all posted. Can we appreciate Juliet's performance being back and ever so slightly evolving the accent for more of a like grounded reality? (laughs) Um, I think like, great. So good. So good to have her back. We never get enough, got enough Drusilla. And it also really brings us back into, I mean, without Sunnydale, I would, without familiar antagonists as well, I would feel like this was a little bit like, you know, a time travel spinoff, whatever, like, alternate reality stuff is always like it would be easier to dismiss as not part of like the larger Buffy conversation but like getting more from her and in a new way and a super empowered way like it's great to see her stand in her own power like she literally has mystical abilities like she's a direct descendant of a super strong vampire line like she would definitely been have been able to pull off more and I'm I'm excited to see like her get to stretch her wings again and it brings me right back but I don't think she was ever like too too terribly disserviced in the shows, right? Because I think she always really worked as a character that you let go into the wind and could always come back. It would always make sense if she did come back. She didn't come back, and she should have. But like, had they brought her back, it would always make sense bringing her back and setting her out into the wind again. Yeah, totally. I just think like listen the character was just so realized that i felt like she could have ended up as one of the scoobies through some like series of misadventures <laughs> and i would have been like cool let's do another four seasons of that. i think i would have hated it i would have absolutely, <laughs> oh, I, no. she, I want her bad to the fucking bone like oh yeah she totally. worked that's just preferable. perfectly evil yeah i, w- I would have that's one of the and i mean i always say angel and faith was my favorite of the like buffy comics and that was one of my favorite storylines. They had her be like kind of a mob boss of vampires in <laughs> London. And yeah. like she had like regained more of like was more coherent, but still Drusilla. And they would they like put her in these like ridiculously colored power suits. And I loved it. And like I think that would be a cool thing for Drusilla, right? And she's mm-hmm. such a quintessential vampire villain because it's not like like we have other good vampires in the show, but their thing isn't being so interested in the vampire aspect of it all. She loves drinking blood. She oh, wants humans <laughs> on all fours. She likes seeing bruises. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that that brings a unique like re uh, reinvigorated spirit to vampires being the bad guys mm-hmm. of vampire slayers. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we. That's where we leave off on the episode. We leave off on our poor Anya, like, choking, and Drusilla's got her. We do go into terror, though, don't we, for the first episode? No. 
Tara's not in it till the next episode. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because they like hint at it. I think they do mention Drusilla has a witch girlfriend. That's the thing mm, they do mention. Yeah. And that's when I was like, wait, is it? Ta- can't be Tara. Like, well, they were talking about the dark witch too. They mentioned dark yes. witch a couple of times. So I was like, is Miss Willow Rosenberg back? Is she going to give us a little surprise? I was kind of open. Really hoping <laughs> dark Willow is back, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. We take, we, we still like this. Um, yeah, I I I listened to these two back to back. I'm not gonna lie. I was like so excited. I was so into this that yeah, I watched it. I listened to the second one and I I think they both th- I, this worked really well for me. This worked well as a cliffhanger. This worked well as a like, ooh, I wanna listen to more. Um, it left me wanting more, but not in a way that I didn't feel like this was good, right? It felt like a 45 minute episode. It felt like exactly like you would click play and this would be like, and I know it's nine episodes, right? But it feels Mm -hmm. like it would be the start to like a three episode arc when you hit play on the DVD menu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it didn't feel stinky piloty either. You know what I mean? Like sometimes pilots, it's like, this is a pilot. It felt like a first episode, which is so great uh, for this format, especially. And also I think like, you know, it, it left me thinking, like I did not know what was going to happen next. Like in in a way of like when I went into the Star Wars reboot again, I felt like oh once it, I got ten minutes in, I was like oh I I see they just remade the first Star Wars. Okay, <laughs> um, and you know not saying that I wouldn't want to watch that, but like it felt like oh this is totally unique. Like they're going to do something really fun and unexpected here, and that is part of what the live Buffy viewing experience was. Every week it went in some direction that I even the preview of the monster was not going to give away for me the tone or like what the characters takes on every situation would be like there was freshness to every story. And so I felt with this, that it wasn't just a retread of a classic episode or like a get, got the gang back together and we're at the high school. Like yeah. it, it wasn't like that. It wasn't a Scooby-Doo like reboot in a way. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, like we were talking about earlier. It's like they mentioned Sunny L, but it's not too much. Like if it were too much, I would be annoyed, but like, they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the magic monsters? They're sure. But they're not doing too it's much. It's interested in moving forward. Mm-hmm. It yes. is, yes, very future focused. And it recognizes that the fan base is, we are adults. We are adults. We're yes. not still stuck, still in high school, you know? So I, I yeah. would have heavily rolled my eyes had we started at Sunnydale High, because I know they're really trying to do that with the books. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just wait. I, and I get it. You're right, Ryan. It's like Central Park. It's like people want to see it. It's like, you know, the Seinfeld Diner, the, like all these things were like that were major. But like, I do. And the feel comic like, did it perfectly. They yes. flew over the fucking crater. And mm-hmm. I was like, shit, man. You know, uh, but, uh, also a little goes such a longer way. You really get diminishing returns <laughs> with like a touch of nostalgia. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We were at the end here. Uh, what fav- What was your favorite scene, Ryan? Um, I hmm, that's tough because I really enjoyed the Drusilla Anya like face off. Uh, but I would say my favorite scene is Spike and the like uh, conversation about whether or not vampires could be in love. 
I thought that was like touching and so true to the Spike character. And like, yes. they still really understand him because he would be so fucking pissed if you told like his whole identity <laughs> is being a passionate leading man in some stars crossed romance drama. Like he's a poet at heart <laughs> and you can, whether or not you think vampires can actually express what love is. Don't fucking say that shit. <laughs> so I loved it. <laughs> Zach. Uh, I, the, 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 the first time we see Anya, definitely the Anya Drusilla face time, but especially when you first hear Anya's voice, same kind of thing as both of y'all said, it's, it's Anya just, I think Anya really sits with a lot of people as a very important character. And she is arguably one of the most, one of the more human ones out of everybody in this mm. cast. Right. Um, and that was her whole play is that she was learning to be human, but we're all learning to be human. And so when you have that just already sitting within you and Anya just having always been that voice, just to hear her talk again as Anya, Emma Caulfield as Anya, just I, this might, I don't know. I don't know. I've never listened to the rest of the series, but it's going to, it's going to be a standout moment for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I, for me, it's a tie between the, Anya versus Drusilla scene and the Cordelia and Spike like first meeting scene, just as I loved yeah. hearing those two characters. Because also, I, and I've said this a bunch on the, I think Charisma Carpenter and James Marsters have good chemistry in Buffy on the show. Like with anyone they share a scene with, they are like bound to have good chemistry with them. Well, I think Cordelia would have had good chemistry that any with anybody that Buffy had good chemistry with or any sort of chemistry with. Oh like, my like, like, God. It just would have, Fit. You can you can sort of swap them out, and they wouldn't have the same interactions, but they would be just as interesting to to watch those scenes. Uh, Ryan, did you have? I, a, yes, I'm like, what? Is Sorry, this? I was googling Spike Cordelia. It was like a visceral response. I I okay. literally heard myself, and then I was like, Sorry, I thought the plug turned back on. I don't know. It charged. <laughs> it is. No, I was googling this thing, and I forgot that Spike dated Harmony. That's how they yeah. know each other, and that's why he has a good dynamic with her because it's like if Harmony was less annoying. <laughs> um, but so. Now we will do, we always do favorite outfit, but now we're going to do, what do you think they were wearing? Um, you can pick anyone. I know we're all going to pick probably the same person. Um, Ryan, what is your imagined outfit for one of them? I will go in another direction. Okay. I would say I was excited by the character of Miranda, and I liked thinking that she would be in a deep blood red version of like a funeral sleigh. <laughs> like whatever you picture a widow or a widow yeah, we were at a funeral wearing to signal that she killed her husband and was excited about the money. That's what this woman <laughs> is wearing, but in like a deep red color. I was excited for the prospect of her as like a visual treat for me, as like a as like a diva of evil. So I, I, I I'll go in that direction because I'm sure you're going to handle the next one perfectly well. <laughs> Zachary, what outfit did you uh, picture? It's just it's it's really it's 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 a big. Big taking on. Um, long hair, definitely. But I flashed through different outfits, right? Like, I think she has dark, slimmer pants, really hefty combat boots. Um, she's got a choker, because Buffy always wore the, the the cross. I think Cordelia wears a choker. Yeah. Um, and a crop top, but it doesn't really show much of her midriff because the pants come up so high. And the crop top right. is either like a dirty gray that she's kind of uses to fight in a lot or like a dusty green. 
All right. I like that. I like that, Zach. Um, God, now I don't think mine's is. I think yours is better. But so I imagine Cordy with, yeah, her angel season one hair where it's like gorgeous and like blown out, but like the curlier version of it where it looks like a gorgeous lion's mane. I imagine her wearing like a tight black hoodie that has like some kind of, it's almost made out of the same material that Ghostface cloak is made out of. So it mm. looks like it's like shimmery. We need a little um, shimmer. Yeah. Right. Like I just, that's, I feel like that's the kind of hoodie she, she would hit wear. She up Lululemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like she's wearing leather pants and a sleeveless tight black top, but the top is shows just a little bit of cleavage which is great. Um, and I did picture her wearing a necklace, but I like the choker better. Um, and I pictured her leather pants instead of being re- red, being like dark purple. Mm. Um, and her having Ooh. like a choker heel. I like the dark purple pants. That's a good contrast to Buffy too. Because <laughs> we're thinking of Buffy. We can't, you right? just not, not think of Buffy. Good yes. uh, purple, dark purple. Yes. I'm, I'm with Ryan. that. I'll change mine. <laughs> what do you say, Ryan? I need to throw in that she has one butterfly clip. Also, the makeup (laughs) situation, the makeup situation, it needs to be no makeup makeup. She needs to be like, I don't Mm. wear makeup. I don't have time for that. But like, she clearly does use concealer. She was wearing makeup anyway, though. So I agree with that. I think that's that's really good. Yeah. I think there's like a, 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 a... uh, shimmer to the eye, mascara. I think we're getting like a my lips but better lipstick. Um, <laughs> but she's a movie star, so like we're we're gonna get that like sitcom movie star amongst bad circumstances. Yes. Beauty. So it's the thing with Buffy, right? Is like when we followed her to alternate universes, right? Like her eye makeup got very Avril Lavigne, you know, like it, it, there was yeah. a drastic change always, right? But that's because Buffy never really had time to settle and figure out an identity, right? But Cordelia always kind of was sure of her identity. Even if she was still looking for life purpose, she was always sure of identity. So I don't think from mm-hmm. reality to reality, she would change all that much. Agreed. Yeah. And so I, I think agree. eye make or like face makeup would, would, absolutely like reflect that and i think it would be pretty subtle yeah i think buffy's super feminine but i think cordelia needs her femininity and that's not a problem we all mm-hmm. need oh, different parts we, of our we identity demand it. we demand it <laughs> um all right yeah i now we're at the grade which is like harder because it's like the beginning of this whatever but brian what grade do you give this the only thing that would have taken me to an A plus is if when Cordelia emerged, she said, I'm Cordelia, the vampire slayer. And you are. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now I wish that was there. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a solid A. You know okay. they thought about it too. I feel like they they probably kicked it around. Yeah. I, I feel like there was a couple of things where they probably had to do like a a fourth edit over to be like, all right, like, let's not do right. too much. Maybe yeah. that's just something too much. <laughs> Zach. Mm. A plus, you know, it, there, it, I really don't have any problem with this one. Um, obviously there are things I would have loved included people. I would have loved included locations. I would have loved to have seen, but this is really throwing us back in. And I don't even feel like it feels like a whole separate show. It feels like an episode from a show we already know, but like a season premiere, it feels like a proper reboot. This is how a reboot should be done. Yes. Yeah, it feels like a spinoff show, like Angel felt like. Like, yes, we're establishing yeah. a new universe, but like, at least Angel season two. It's very much familiar. The same it's still sh- familiar. Yeah. It's still, we, we understand it. And, and just everybody, everybody brought their A game. And I love that they love this project enough to do this. Yes, agreed. Um, yeah, I give it an A as well. Um, 
it's again, it was it's it's hard to like give it any shit because it is like the starting out of this. It does feel like it still feels the same universe. It feels but it feels different enough. Um, so yeah, I get I give it an A as well. Thank you both for doing this. I like am so happy to have done this first episode with both of you. And mm-hmm. like so we are having a smaller group of Slayer Fest 98 family just covering this. It'll be Ryan, Zach, and some other folks who I'm not positive yet if they will or <laughs> we're, not, so I'm not going to say. We're rushing, we're rushing this, okay? This shit comes out on Thursday. we got to figure this out. Yeah, no. People are using <laughs> those like Doodle apps or whatever to find schedules. Like, everybody calm down. <laughs> it'll, it'll, be, it'll be announced later. You'll figure it yeah, out. You'll figure it out. Uh, but thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoy the Audible series. And uh, we're going to be covering this episode by episode. So there's plenty more to come. If you like Slayer of Us 98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you get your... <laughs> you know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be doing um, Slayers at 25. <laughs> 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 Subscribe to the Patreon. And, and you're going to say, and here's Ryan Houlihan, and I'm going to say, <laughs> love Cordelia! And interrupt a million times. <laughs> and it'll be I remember when this came out. I remember <laughs> this. <laughs> God, kill me. Uh, if you like Slayer's idea, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow me, I'm at Carlos. Ryan, where can everyone find you and your um, YouTube channel? You can go to YouTube.com slash at Ryho, R-Y-H-O. It is where I, in drag, fight a monster every once in a while <laughs> using journalism. And we have a lot of fun and laughs. And uh, and Barbie is there right now. So go see Ooh. Barbie. Ooh. We, all, we all love Barbie love here. Barbie. Uh, Zach, where can everyone find you? Uh, it, well, I do a podcast, a horror podcast, with my buddy Ooh. Ian Carlos Crawford here called My Blood of Judy. If you search it, you'll find us. It's really easy because we're the same on all platforms. Um, if you search me at AZB or Adventures of Zach and B, you'll find me there also. But I also have just started a Patreon called AZB Plus, so patreon.com slash AZB Plus. Um, yeah. And you should go subscribe to that. You can you get lots of videos. You just get and- things. You get the, I'm trying to get to New York City, so I'm, I'm – <laughs> <laughs> you just you get the things. But all right everyone, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.